Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Deep left into the bleachers, a two-run homer. A swing and a miss, ball game. Lift off, and history marches on. 22 consecutive wins. From the sports desk of the Akron Beacon Journal and Ohio.com, this is Leading Off with Ryan Lewis, a podcast on Cleveland baseball. Santana makes the catch. Ball game. The Indians have won the American League pennant. The Cleveland Indians are going to the World Series. Now, Ryan Lewis and Ashley Fastock. Welcome into Leading Off, a podcast on Cleveland baseball. I'm Ashley Bastock, joined by Ryan Lewis. And Ryan, baseball season's finally back. Let's uh, let's dive right into some season opening talking points and stuff like that. First of all, I guess just, you know, how did it feel to finally be at this point where we have real games once again that actually matter and all that stuff? It was kind of funny because, you know, Northeast Ohio, well, parts of Northeast Ohio were blanketed by snow yesterday morning, which doesn't feel like baseball weather, although here it almost kind of does feel like opening day because that just always seems to happen right around April 1st um, where we just having to get the snow. Um, the good news is for people is that uh, Monday's forecast calls for about 60 degrees for the home opener, um, so that's nice. But um, it's always nice when baseball returns. It's nice that fans will be able to be back at the park, at least in some capacity for April. And um, that was a, a, a nice little, like, benchmark to get to, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah, no, I was, I think you wrote at one point too, like the fact that it was Cleveland and Detroit to have the snow was like almost perfect in a, in a lot of ways. Cause I think it's probably two fan bases that are incredibly used to this weather kind like, of weather on opening day. Ohio and Michigan should have football weather. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So, um, as far as the, the game itself against the Tigers, you know, I kind of want to start off with your, your walk off thoughts that you, wrote and first and foremost being first base and center field I think you wrote center field first base first and center center and first like these are conversations that we're going to keep having they're the biggest questions in the lineup um I guess feasibly for you how how long can these two positions be questions for well center field is is potentially going to be a a really ongoing fluid situation um you have, you have Ben Gamble, who is a non-roster invite, who's a, a, a relatively stable veteran that the team was pretty high on pretty pretty early. Um, you know, Ben uh, talked with Tito, and then the next day signed with Cleveland as uh, a, a non-roster invite. Um, and you know, they they brought him, uh, you know, into the season as that that kind of veteran presence because other other situations that they had in house just weren't quite settled. Um, Ahmed Rosario is is trying to kind of progress defensively in center field. His his first uh, you know day out there in Catus League play did not go well, but he he has settled down since then. But uh, you know 
it it kind of leaves some question marks there in terms of where he is right now and and how long that'll take before you know they can really put him out there on on a really consistent basis. They also have Jordan Luplo, um, who will often play either center or right against left-handed starting pitchers. And then in the minors, they still have Oscar Mercado and Bradley Zimmer there, who are going to remain you know consistent at least potential options as as younger players who um, this spring kind of had the door open for them, but neither of them could kind of grab that opportunity. Um, you know, they've both undergone significant swing changes, at least over the last couple of years, and both Cleveland felt, um, you know, just needed more time. And then Daniel Johnson is also down there who could potentially be an option in center field down the road. So that's going to really continue to be something where Cleveland made. Uh, have to continue to evaluate over and over again. Um, and then first base, that's a more straightforward spot, but also pretty unsettled in that, you know, the team wanted to give Jake Bowers uh, the first shot. They felt that, you know, he, he does have the pedigree of a former top prospect. He's never, at least here, he's never been able to to really focus on, you know, his swing while playing first base every day. He's always had to worry about playing the outfield where he's not quite as comfortable. Um, and Chris Anandani said that the team felt that if they put him on waivers, that he was likely going to be uh, claimed. So they thought that if they if he doesn't break camp with the major league team, he's not going to be uh, within the organization anymore. So they get, they're going to give him the first shot, and I'm I'm sure that they would like to give him as long of a leash as possible. But depending on the intent of or well the situation of just competing this season and you know keeping up with Minnesota and Chicago. If, that leash may start to get shorter, but I'm, I'm sure they're going to want to be as patient with him before, uh, you know, possibly, uh, you know, cutting ties and um, having to expose him to waivers and then bringing up Bobby Bradley. But there are a lot of fans who were who were eager to see what Bobby Bradley can do. Um, you know, he lost a lot of weight over the offseason. He really kind of dedicated himself to that. He, he felt he, lo- he lost weight in the right way this time where, you know, it didn't take away from his power. Um, it's still a big question mark. Yeah. I mean, he, still needs, he still needs to show that he can, you know, make contact. But you know, those positions are going to have to kind of evolve. Um, if you know, if if Jake Bowers continues to struggle, um, you know, I, I think that he will get quite a bit of a look here. But um, you know, that, that that could shorten, and you know, um, uh, patience could kind of eventually run out with Bobby Bradley waiting there at the alternate side in AAA. Yeah, and to to give some more context on Bowers, he 423 plate appearances in 2019, struggled to a 683 OPS. He was sent down. He spent all of 2020 at the team's alternate training site. So just to kind of elaborate on him, I mean, do you see this as kind of cut and dry, a make or break year for him with the organization? And um, just overall, how Bobby Bradley maybe waiting in the wings changes how you know, he's viewing this season or any insight you have into that. Yeah. I mean, for, for Jake Bowers, this is, this is his shot to show that he can stick in the major leagues, at least with Cleveland. You know, he, he hasn't had the best situation, which was partially a result of that, that 2019 season where he, I think he had 115 strikeouts um, that year and just couldn't really just kind of make things stick. And then, you know, last year, uh, he, he's been blocked by Carlos Santana since then, but you know now everything is kind of aligned to where they're going to have some patience with him and, and and give him his shot. And you know he he said that uh, when the team told him that he was going to 
be the starting first baseman, you know, he felt exhausted the rest of that day because I think that he had just kind of geared himself up for the entire spring, kept pushing, kept kind of maybe being in a, in a relatively stressful situation because he knows that Bobby Bradley's there and he knows, you know, what Bradley, you know, did over the off season. He, he obviously is aware of how Bobby Bradley looked this spring, which is never the end all be all, um, uh, uh, especially with Tito, but, um, you know, Jake Powers is very aware of the situation. It's, it's, it's sometimes hard, um, you know, to really relax when you have someone looking over your shoulder. And it wasn't until he got that news that the team felt he did. He's going to get a shot, but, yeah. but this is, this probably, I mean, this is pretty much it. He's, he's out of options. They're going to allow him some patience because he did undergo some changes. He's, you know, he kind of overhauled his, his mental outlook of the game. He's going to try to, you know, come into the spring with uh, a more, you know, positive outlook. And, you know, it's, it, it's not always easy to hit in, you know, this, this division in, in the colder cities. It's not always, you know, that's something that, uh, you know, guys have talked about before where it's not the easiest thing to transition from the heat in Arizona than come to Cleveland and Detroit and Chicago in April and try to get going in the cold and, and find some consistency. But that's kind of the situation that, that he's going to find himself in. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Edwin and Cardacion talking about that quite a bit then. Mm-hmm. Like his bat didn't warm up until like late April or May when he was here. And I mean, that was a guy that was used to playing in Toronto too. So, um, but to, to kind of transition into somebody else who lost weight from last year, Roberto Perez. There were several guys. Yeah. Has he talked about his diet for losing 25 pounds? Number one, I want some tips, but you know, that, that's kind of crazy to me that he put in that much effort and lost that much weight. Yeah. There, there were several guys on, uh, on this team that, that really committed to that. My personal, you know, favorite, uh, was Logan Allen, who just had to give up donuts. I mean, not just had to give up donuts, but donuts were the most painful part of that. Yeah. Um, cause he said, that I, I think he mentioned that he normally starts, you know, every morning with donut and coffee. He had to cut half of that out and just how painful that was. Um, I mean, even going back a couple of years, uh, Fanmore Reyes dropped quite a bit of weight and had to cut out sweets. And, um, it's a, it's a commitment. It's, it's, it's a, it's a hard, plus it's over the winter, like during the holiday season, you can't go outside all the time. It's, that's, it's, it's a tough thing to do. So it's, it's kind of commendable to, to, for guys to stick to it. Um, but yeah, Roberto Perez has looked good. Um, you know, I missed quite a bit of time last season dealing with injuries, had a great 2019 season. You know, he, he waited a long time, uh, to be able to handle the, the primary catching duties. You know, Gomes was here for so long and, uh, Roberto Perez waited for so long to be able to get that chance and really, really made the most of it in 2019. And then that kind of got derailed last year. And he's, you know, he's, he's dead set on sticking in the lineup and, and kind of returning to that form. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I have a, a Costco like size peanut M&M thing that I've made my, my, my way through and there are Oreos here. So I, 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 uh, being able to have that discipline is not something that I've, I've found. So I, I cannot speak to that. I was going to say, it always cracks me up when men lose weight like that, because it's always something like, I stopped drinking pop, or I stopped eating, like, two donuts every single day. And women, I feel like it's just so much harder, so I'm so jealous. Like, I wish I ate a donut every day so I could just cut that out of my diet and then lose, like, 15 pounds like these guys somehow managed to do. Um, But sticking on the topic of Roberto, obviously the home run yesterday, it actually matched his total from last season. Now, 
Um, you know, like you mentioned, he had the injury issues last year. I mean, it seems like to me, at least from the, the outside perspective of someone who was not covering Cleveland last year, that the injuries really derailed him in that regard, that we haven't really had a chance to see what he can do um, since that 2019 season. I guess just how would you assess that situation? The 2020 season was so weird anyway. Right. Um, you know, there there are a lot of guys around the league, a lot of guys who just really had terrible seasons. You know, A, a 60-game sample is not nearly enough. And then B, it was a really weird and odd 60-game sample that – came after a, an extended um, absence, you know, a, a, a broken up spring training and then a, a, I think a month long or so summer camp. So in terms of like, you know, projecting performance going ahead, it's, it's a little difficult to really put as much stock into last season. And it's probably relatively easy for a lot of teams to not completely, you know, throw that away and just – kind of ignore that and don't and not add it to their track record. But um, I, I think it's pretty easy for a lot of teams to take a lot of guys' 2020 performances with a grain of salt. Yeah. And Roberto Perez might be in that group where it just, it, it's, I think he appeared in 32 games. Um, it's just, it's just not really enough, especially a strange 32 games. Um, you know, you can kind of throw that away a little bit to where can you expect 2019? Um, you know, that was easily his best season, um, easily his kind of career year. Um, but he's, you know, he's kind of dedicated a lot of, a lot of time, um, in the off season. Uh, he, he's put in a lot of work. Uh, he played, he, he played winter ball before that 2019 season to really get his swing to where he wanted it to be. So he's put in a lot of work, uh, to get his offensive game closer to where his defensive game is. Um, and if, if he can do that, that'd be a huge boost to the bottom part of this lineup, which they, they do badly need. Yeah. And he was really just about the only boost yesterday in that 3-2 loss. So obviously kind of a, a rough day against the Tigers in the season opener. And like you wrote, you know, we wake up to a blanket of snow here in Cleveland on top of the news of Francisco Lindor's reported 10-year, $341 million contract extension with the Mets. And then watch the 3-2 loss where the offense kind of muddles through it all. But, you, you know, I think it's always kind of funny to see how fatalistic a lot of people can be in one game just because it's it's the season opener. So things kind of tend to get magnified, I think, good or bad. Um, I guess just kind of like what, what your impressions were broadly of that of that day. And, you know, I'll let you, I know, I think you kind of feel the same way that everything is magnified. Things can get fatalistic. So just, you know, why, why we should not be panicking over one game out of 162. Yeah. And in terms of like long-term impact or changes of outlook, I I don't think yesterday changed anything. Um, You know, Shane Bieber gives up the two run home run and he gives up three runs within the first few innings. Um, But he was also pitching through snow. And you know, it was it was clear that both Bieber and Tiger starter Matthew Boyd that they were both affected by the weather. Um, plus, on top of that, it's it's opening day. It's snowing. It's there's just too much going on. And it was also very clear that Bieber settled down um, throughout the game. His his average fastball velocity increased once once kind of the weather broke a little bit. Um, so no, there's there's not a, a whole lot to take up away from it. Um, it was interesting to see Yu Chang starting at first base. Yeah. Um, you know, it wasn't a surprise that Bowers did not start with a lefty on the mound. Um, but I think, I think, you know, there was a little bit of an expectation that maybe, um, 
you know, the, the, there's some different things that they can do, but they'd also been trending Jordan Luplo to, to start in center. And uh, at the end of the spring, they'd got, got him some time there. So um, it wasn't necessarily, you know, too unexpected. It was just, it's, it's a different thing to see Yu Chang starting at first base, considering the options that Cleveland has had in the past. And, right. um, but in terms of long-term, I, I, it's completely understandable um, why there are such reactions to opening day. There's so much excitement. It's a big thing. Plus from most teams, if not all, you know, today there's, there's no game for quite a few teams. Uh, Cleveland is off. So it's the only game for a couple of days. <laughs> so it's all you have to go on. Right. But that being said, you know, it's, it's a three-two loss um, in the snow. I, I, it's not what fans wanted to see, of course. Um, but I also don't think that it necessarily changes any 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 long-term views. Um, you know, Eddie Rosario playing in, in his first game in Cleveland didn't do much. Um, but you know, it's it, it's tough to hit in the snow. I, I don't know. Most people didn't see Miguel Cabrera's home run ball. Clearly, the Miguel Cabrera. <laughs> He's put in the second. So right. that's when you know the snow is bad, right? When when the guy who hit the home run doesn't even know that it's gone at that point. Yeah, and I I, I think had the forecast called for snow for a little longer, I, I think they would have, uh, you know, paused that game for a little bit at least. Um, but no, it, there are some concerns, certainly on the roster. I just don't think that yesterday, you know, changed any of that. But right. You know, right. It's, it's totally understandable because opening day is so exciting and there's so much – It's it's kind of like the reverse. It's almost like the the. It's it's almost like a format like the Daytona 500, where it's the biggest thing, you know, early on, and then for so long, that's 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 what you want to focus on. So I totally understandable, but no, it you know, uh, you know, if, if there are any concerns with Shane Bieber around 1:30, they were they were fined by like 3:30. So yeah, yeah, and I mean, I saw Roberto Perez and. Terry Francona both had in their quotes talking about Shane that there were essentially two mistakes that ultimately proved to be costly. But given the weather and all that stuff, he still makes history by um, he finished the day with the three earned runs, the 12 strikeouts in six innings. He's just the fourth pitcher in baseball history with multiple opening day starts with at least a dozen strikeouts. So um, joining Nolan Ryan, Randy Johnson and Bob Gibson on that list. But you know, I feel like we're going to be in the year 3021 and Miguel Cabrera is still going to be hitting against Cleveland Aces the way he did yesterday. <laughs> he's so consistent with that. I mean, he's just, I mean, I, I, I think we all know, you know, where, where his career stands and, and, and how long he's been in the league, but he's still just that dangerous hitter, especially when he's going the other way. And he's, I mean, that's what, you know, Shane Bieber said uh, something like, Miggy's gonna Miggy, and it's just, it's it's one of those things where you do kind of just kind of tip your cap. He hit that home run ball through a snowstorm, so at a certain point, what are you gonna do? Just you have to throw him strikes eventually. Yeah, exactly. Well, all right, Ryan, is there anything else you want to touch on from yesterday, or you know, kind of big picture, looking ahead to the rest of this season? I do think it's clear that you know Cleveland is in. There's a lot of transition this season, certainly. Um, Francisco Lindor, obviously gone. Carlos Carrasco, Brad Hand, Carlos Santana. The, there's a lot of, of veteran presence that has been you know, kind of you know converted into some some younger talent, which brings with it potential, but also some serious question marks. Um, you know, they remain contenders. It's just that you know the Minnesota Twins and the Chicago White Sox are you know kind of the front runners in the division, and with with Cleveland hoping to to kind of maintain that title and 
you know, as a, as a contender and to, to stay right there. And so, um, you know, that's going to be, I think, an interesting, interesting thing to watch, you know, to see how long of a leash they can give some of these guys while also, um, you know, wanting to keep pace and that they, they do have options at AAA. It's just, you know, a matter of seeing kind of you know, who can stick. Yeah, no, I I think, too, it's interesting talking to some of my friends who are, you know, I would define them maybe as more casual Cleveland fans, you know, as far as they're not sports reporters who live this every day. But, you know, I've had some of them mention to me, like, they don't even know who's on the team anymore besides, like, Jose Ramirez and Shane Bieber. So I'm curious, like you said, you know, I think the there needs to be some understanding about the development of these prospects. And I think once we see more from some of them that those feelings will change, but I just think it's interesting because that's a sentiment that I haven't heard maybe, you know, since I was early in, in college. So it's definitely interesting. Yeah. I think that's a very common, you know, feeling around North Ohio right now, for sure. Yeah. Well, all right. This has been leading off a podcast on Cleveland baseball. Once again, I'm Ashley Bastock, and I'll sign off for Ryan Lewis here as well. Until next time.